balance full point and they will give me cash for it to transact okay at one point in my life i was in the in the back country of alaska and for helping put in a, a septic system at a cabin the guy paid me in a one ounce gold coin i thought it was the coolest thing i'd ever seen in my life in some parts of the world they still transact in gold and silver um governments are buying gold and silver banks are buying gold and silver guys gold and silver is real money it's not like you guys just learned it's not fiat currency so um help join us in this mission of educating people this is a i'm telling you i've had more fun getting my family members my neighbors i, I love it when my neighbor shows up and says hey man I'm, i'm ready to buy some silver you've been telling me about it for years it's, it's time and he was the most skeptical person two years ago he's like oh i don't need gold and silver i got tons of cash right now he's like i need to take all that i need to take cash and get, i need to get some gold and silver it is fun it is a blast i love having my family in this business i love having my neighbors in this business i love working with mark and danielle they live guys mark and danielle live in maine i live in idaho we're like on the on the scale from the united states right we're on two sides of the country and i feel like we're family right we're, we're part of this culture and we want to get to know you we want to educate you we want to get new members involved we want to bring this message to as many as possible we want to be in households we want to educate them we want to empower them we want to empower our members We're not hiding anything we're educating you guys and that's the value of this membership so i would highly highly encourage you guys one of the best things i did is i left a company i left a really secure job to come over here and do this company and start this company with the founders okay i left a nice paying job all this travel benefits i and and i came to a brand new company that was brand new because i saw a vision here and i said i love the fact that what we're doing at the member level is helping every single person regardless nobody gets nobody gets hurt here if the, if the if the worst thing that happens is they get a membership the worst thing that happens is they don't get a membership because they they're, they're not they're not collecting gold and silver but if the worst thing that happens when they get a membership is they just collect gold and silver holy cow they are sitting extremely um well as far as uh you know improving their situation so um i i really encourage you guys if you don't have a membership with us get one if you have a membership with us and you don't really know why we're so excited get with mark and danielle they'll tell you they'll teach you and they will show you why we're on a mission to take this around the world we're just getting started um i can tell you we have millions and millions and millions of people more to tell about this about this program and right now in these interesting times where we see things happening in the world um our story is being received better than ever before and it's really exciting times so uh mark and danielle thank you for having me on today and, and uh, we appreciate all that you do and thank you for uh all your hard work in spreading this message and to all of you on here today uh, on this call thank you for taking the time out and for joining us and for listening and for opening your mind and we hope uh, our hope for you is that you'll dive in and, and you know make this fun right this can really bless your lives if you take advantage of it and uh let's go change the world take this message to everybody so mark and danielle back to you Awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you, Jason. And I have to tell you the servant leadership we have here everybody. Jason has actually picked up a call while he was on vacation. 
in Florida with his family. And we didn't know that. We wanted to bother him. But he did that. He walked away from his dinner with his family to help us and just shows the servant leadership that we have here. And as we're wrapping up, I did ask a couple of people to share their experiences uh, with what they've had happen here with 7K. So I'm going to ask them right now to kind of speak up. And I see you out there, Madiba. So I'm going to start with you. And if you could take like two minutes and share what your experience has been, we'd love it. Would you mind? Yeah, hey, I appreciate you having me. Uh, guys, yeah, it's been a huge blessing. You know, I, uh, this industry actually of just working from home actually changed my life years ago from being like a single father, four kids, no house, no car, riding around on a bicycle in my mid-30s broke. And, uh, you know, I uh, through mentorship and, you know, which we offer here, which is powerful, I became a seven-figure earner. But the problem is, I'm sure all of you will agree with me, like financial education is definitely not something we got in school. So I literally went from seven figures to broke. Um, I knew how to do it, so I did it again, made the money again, went broke again. And uh, actually, I even lost over $2 million in the crypto space in 2017 and 18 to a bunch of scams. And no, this is not crypto, but because of that, I actually had found myself having to go back and get a job for the first time in, four, in 14 years, and that sucked. Um, not because I'm down on jobs, you guys, but I'm just way up on opportunity and time freedom when you've been able to have that. And so uh, I knew nothing about gold and silver. I had a buddy of mine that uh, one of my best friends of 30 years, super successful, he, he shared the platform with me. And when I saw it, it just made sense. Because, you know, I had mentors tell me I should buy gold and silver, but they never told me, like, why I should buy it or what I should buy or who I should buy it from. So when I got involved here, it answered all the questions, <laughs> all of the questions. And I dove in, and uh, within 48 days, I chose to actually share the platform. I um, was able to quit my job. I started making up to $3,500 a week. And, you know, now I'm at a point to where I make up to uh, $7,000 a week doing this. I got started October 21st of 2020. And so I don't share my story to impress you, but just impress upon you. It's so powerful what you have your hands on at such a time as this. So I'd highly recommend you grab a membership. Doesn't matter which way you get started, grab a membership and then come on and plug into the training, get yourself enlightened and start helping us impact some folks. So appreciate you letting me share and uh, back over to you, partner. Thanks, Mark. Awesome. Thank you so much, Madiba. I see Annie Mahler out there. Annie, I want to come to you. Can you share what this experience has been for you, please? Sure. I'll just take off my blue light glasses. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so my background is um, I was an actor and singer um, prior to, you know, New York City kind of going down the tubes it, with the pandemic. It's coming back. It's coming back. But, um, and I really had never had any assets of any kind except like my skills and maybe some designer clothes right so for me um to be to have uh gathered assets over the course of the year and a half that i've been doing this it makes me feel so much safer with what's going on in the world and also i have also like Madiba, chosen to share this message with people and i just love people mirror the same thing back to me regularly they say i i am sleeping better at night because of this and it just is an amazing community we have the best mentorship and support it is the most collaborative thing i have done since i was a teenager doing ensemble shakespeare in the park here in maine and i just um i find it completely extraordinary and super brilliant and i'm really grateful to be part of this community thank you Thank you so much, Annie. And I'm going to go out now to Karen Meyer, who is out in California. So, Karen, would you mind sharing what your experience has been? Thank you for asking. Yeah, this has been great, you guys. Um, the experience, I had no clue.
clue how important it was to start collecting gold and silver. My husband had been telling me for a few years we needed to, but we never did because we never had anyone to trust. And thanks to you guys reaching out, really went out on a limb because I've been in this space for over 27 years, was very successful in my previous one when I was still in, when you reached out to me. Um, and I'm so glad you did because we did take a look at the similar video and Steve and I said, you know, this is this is some place where we can trust, where we can buy, where we can we have a platform where we can really share and help others, which is really what we love to do. And you know, like like Madiba says, we're not down on jobs. We just love opportunities to be able to to help others. And that's what that's what we love about the space. But more than anything, I've done this four times, built four businesses. But man, I have never seen anything like Seven K Metals because of what what it can do for you and what it's done for us so thank you so much thank you so much karen i appreciate that and we're going to go out now to yuri melendez yuri oops hang on a second let me ask you to unmute oops wrong person sorry about that will you can keep yourself muted i'm going to go to yuri there you go yuri if you could you could share your story your experience here that'd be awesome. right, great job tonight man on this beautiful friday thank each and every one of you thank you for even having me on and thanks for every story you know uh it's amazing how 7K has been a blessing to so many members in the community, you know, we created it. And that gentleman that you heard a little earlier, Madiba, he's been a blessing in disguise because he said he started on October 21st. Well, I came in seven days after October 28th with him. And uh, he didn't know that I always say opportunities always present themselves just not the way uh, you imagine, right? And I was praying for something, you know, I was praying for something because during COVID, for you guys that don't know, I've worked 18 years in corporate America, six years in finance, but the last eight years I've been really uh, doing God's work. And that's a, we have a beautiful school called Sinai Christian Academy. And when COVID hit, it affected us. It affected us really bad that we had to close our school uh, and for in-house learning. And what happened was, guess what? But the bills of the school still have to be paid. So when Medeva reached out to me and called, he didn't know I was asking for something. He didn't know I had a prayer. You know, I didn't know what, like I always said, I didn't know how it was going to appear or what it was going to look like. But the time he called me, I was actually in line with a 10-ounce gold bar that I was selling, that I purchased for 11000 and I was selling it for 19 But I knew it was going to take 12 weeks, Mark and Diane. Then, you know, I knew it was going to take 12 weeks to get the money into our account. And Maniba says, hey, there's a company out there called 7K Metals, but he said there's a company with a technology called Simony Wallet. And I remember telling him clearly while, while I was in line, it doesn't exist. Guys, you don't understand. That changed my whole life from that aspect because I knew what it was going to do. I could, I was buy, I was buying purple gold this silver, but I could never recommend it like a lot of you guys here because we didn't know uh, who. I knew the process was too long to convert it back if there was an emergency. So I started, Mark. I started sending my gold and silver to Seven K. I never forgot sending the first couple of gold that I never purchased from them, but I just sent it just to see the process, and I never forgot. I remember I was looking at the. Uh, the FedEx package and it said it arrived it arrived there I, I know somebody signed it and said this is a Mr. Melendez we received your gold within one hour it was in my salary wallet it changed my life at that point I said wow then it, it clicked on me I said everybody's gonna need this they just don't know about it yet so what happened is we looked into it I put it heavily in prayer I said this is a gift that we have remember this is two and a half years ago this is a gift that we have in our hands I said Guys, you know, today's is a good Friday, right? So I said, listen, I put everything in prayer. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do with this information? 
and to clear as day says, get it out to my people as fast as you can. So for the last two and a half years, we've locked on with this beautiful community of people and we've been sharing this six days a week and we've helped thousands of families and entail by being obedient and sharing this information and educating people, not trying to sell them, just educating them of saying what's going on and how to protect your family. My family, our ministry was able to withstand 18 months of being no, no kids in the building. So the 7K earnings that I was able to earn covered all our shortfalls to keep our ministry alive, guys. I am so thankful for the 7K family. I'm so thankful for the community that we bonded together. But I am even more happy that the word is getting out. So I highly recommend everybody, everybody, get a membership, protect your families. You know what? But don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep it for yourself. Don't just protect you. We have a product, we have a program that everybody can do. Nobody gets hurt. And Mark and Danielle, thank you because you guys are going out there. You, we met, you know, through like, 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 like uh, Mr. Jason said, we're two, two different sides. We're in the East Coast, but I've never been to Maine, and I was in the able to go to you and meet you guys, and you welcome me, welcome us, me and my family, with open arms. Because you know what, like-minded people get together and, and share this information. So thank you for even allowing me to share with people. But on a good Friday, guys, this is a gift. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it to the people. Share it to the people and get the information out and become a member. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother and sister, on this good Friday. <laughs> thank you so much, Sherry. It's actually a great Friday. How about that? Yes, yes. yes. All right. And uh, just two more stories, everybody. I would tell you, if you have to hop off, please make sure you get back to the person who invited you on here. Get your questions answered. We want you to make the best educated decision. We want you to join our community. Uh, but I want you to just hear from these two last folks uh, because they're, they're folks that impacted us directly. Uh, the first lady is a lady is the, who's the one who brought it to us. And we had no idea uh, about this, but she asked if we'd be open and she's changed our lives because of that. And that's Kathy Guzzo. And Kathy, would you mind sharing your story, what this is, experience has been for you, please? I'd be honored, Mark. Great presentation. Thank you so much. Um, yes, I'm a jeweler by trade. So I have three retail jewelry stores here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So I'm familiar with the space of gold and silver. I'm very comfortable there. And I know what it took. I know what it took to give my customers a great deal. The economy is a scale. It's just impossible for an individual to do. And when I saw this membership, I went, oh my gosh, it's so simple. Grab a membership and it's done for you. This company has done all the heavy lifting. They've crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's. They know what they're doing. That 100 years collective experience in business shows up everywhere we turn in the year. These guys are rock solid. They know what to do. They know how to do it. They know how to take a company from zero to a multi-billion dollar global giant. And I do believe that's what we're doing. And I love the mission of the founders that we can make a difference, that we can take this around the world. And we have the ability to change lives. I bought in on all that. As you see, the great people here, Mark and Danielle and Diva and Yuri and everybody, and we've all bought in there, Karen and, and Annie. And we love being with that purpose, with that intention in here to share something that um, everyone will benefit from. When I met Jason, I said, hey, this is like the Hippocratic Oath of networking. Do no harm but good and leave people better than we found them. I don't know one person that wouldn't benefit from a membership. So thank you for letting me share, Mark. Back to you. Thank you so much, Kathy. And uh, you know, we got so many others that we could put on here to share their stories. I know we have Ollie who's uh, in the UK. He's tied up, he cannot get on because he can't speak because uh, of his location he's at. But the last person I will have 
uh, come on is uh, Curtis Harlan. And if I missed you, everybody, I apologize. I'm just looking at the, the faces that are popping up on my screen, so please don't think I was leaving anybody out. Uh, there's so many more stories in here that we could bring on. We just don't have time for everybody. But the uh, last person I'm going to bring on is Curtis Harlan. Curtis was very helpful to us, helped guide us, and has just been a great leader. So with that, Curtis, would you mind sharing your story? Sure. And Mark and Danielle, I got to say thank you for your commitment and just, you know, taking time out of your Good Friday, Great Friday like it is. I know, Yuri, it's a Great Friday. You know, this is the most awesome thing here. And, you know, my background is, is kind of business. Um, and, you know, what I seen here was inside of 7K, you know, we're collecting assets here and, you know, we're acquiring assets. And in that video, you know, a, a gentleman on there had said the most important asset right now that we can be acquiring is money. And that's what we're doing here. You know, Mark had made the statement, uh, one-tenth of one percent of the population know or have handle precious metals. And we have something here that allows everyone to participate in that game through our sound money wallet. So like I say, nobody's gonna get hurt here. And guys, it's just a wonderful one. Again, Mark and Danielle, thanks for having me on here. All right, thank you so much, Curtis. And thank you everybody for taking the time uh, to jump on with us. You know, we wanna make sure again that we gave you a lot of information tonight. Here's the most important thing I would tell you. You don't have to understand everything. Some people are like, well, I need to learn this. I need to learn that before I get a membership. No, that's why you get a membership. So you can get the education, so you can learn the right way to go about investing in gold and silver. Don't put too much pressure on yourself of a big decision to make because the only decision you need to make is get yourself a membership shoot. So now you've got the vehicle to not only give you access to gold and silver, but you also have the education that will make you feel so much more confident and comfortable, and you'll be part of our wonderful community. I'll tell you, everybody, we got something special here. We want you to be a part of it as well. We welcome you in. We will work with you every step of the way and help you make sure your membership is maximizing its benefits for you. And if you do decide to share, we'll help you every step of that too. Everybody, I want to thank you again for joining us on this good Friday, this great Friday. And this is a wonderful Easter weekend. I wish everybody very safe and happy Easter weekend. God bless everyone. Have an absolutely wonderful weekend. And I'm going to open it up so everybody can uh, unmute if you like and say bye from where you're, wherever you're calling from. So thanks so much. Everybody. You guys are amazing. Bye. 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 Monetary and Financial Conference. Our story begins in 1944. With World War II coming to an end, the Allied nations met at Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, to create a new financial system which would stabilize the world once the war ended. With America poised to enter a golden age of prosperity, the U.S. dollar was chosen as the world's reserve currency. The Bretton Woods system was created after the Second World War at the Bretton Woods Conference in New Hampshire. And rather than using gold as a means of exchange between uh, countries, as was the case under the old gold standard, the dollar was going to be used. Um, the dollar was chosen because back then it was as good as gold. Under this new system, countries agreed to fix their currencies to the U.S. dollar, and the U.S. dollar would be tied to gold at a price of $35 per ounce. 
This meant that countries around the world could trade their currencies for U.S. dollars, which they could then exchange for gold. This created a system where all currencies were essentially backed by gold. To avoid the logistics of shipping physical gold across the world, when countries did exchange their currencies for gold, it was usually stored safely in the U.S. Under the Bretton Woods system, you could exchange your currency or your dollars for gold. Now, it only applied to foreign countries and central banks. And we began to run budget deficits. We were running the Great Society program under Lyndon Johnson. We were fighting a war in Vietnam. And all of a sudden, we were running these deficits, and countries were changing their dollars. Uh, and they said they wanted gold. And it began with the French, and then it started to spread. With all the new spending programs in the United States, other countries became concerned that the U.S. was spending more money than it had gold reserves. They started exchanging their dollars for gold and demanded physical delivery, as they felt that there were more dollars being printed than the gold that backed it. To prevent this outflow of gold from American vaults, President Nixon called for an emergency suspension of the gold convertibility system. Hi, my name is Jim Richards. I'm a former advisor to the Pentagon, the White House, Congress, CIA, and the Department of Defense. I have directed the Secretary of the Treasury to take the action necessary to defend the dollar against the speculators. I have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold or other reserve assets. All of the problems that we see today in the monetary system are a direct result of the decision made in August 15, 1971, you know, to abandon a uh, fixed link back to gold. What gold did is it provided discipline on governments, provided discipline on government spending. Under the old system, if you ran a budget deficit, then what would happen is gold would flow out of your country until there was a balance again. Well, without any gold backing, then countries ran perpetual deficits. So if you look at, for example, this country from 1971 on, the U.S. has never run a surplus. Ever since we went off the gold standard, it's just been perpetual stimulus. Good times, bad times, always run a deficit. What led uh, Nixon to abandon the gold standard in 1971, although he claimed it was temporary, we've been waiting 40 years, uh, we're still off of it. We ran up uh, huge deficits during the 1960s. We had the guns and butter economy where the government was both simultaneously fighting a war in Vietnam abroad. In addition, we were funding manned missions uh, to the moon and the whole space program. We were creating more money than we had gold reserves to back it up. And a lot of our foreign creditors saw this and began to demand gold uh, rather than their Federal Reserve notes because they sensed that Washington simply didn't have enough gold uh, to make its commitment to back uh, the dollar. By removing the link between gold and the U.S. dollar, President Nixon created a system where all currencies were backed by nothing. This is what is known as a fiat currency. Fiat currency is currency that's backed by nothing except government promises. The word fiat is a Latin word, and it basically means currency that's circulating by force. If people have confidence in that currency, and if there's enough government force, that will enable the currency to circulate for a period of time until people lose confidence in the currency. There is no nation on this planet that currently uses 
uh, money. We all use currency. Uh, there will come a day when everybody knows the difference. Money is a medium of exchange, and the way it has evolved is that it's always something of intrinsic value. Until the modern age, when the politicians say, "Well, we don't need anything of intrinsic value anymore. All we need is political decree. We can say this is money. This piece of paper is money." Now, money has a new characteristic. But underneath it all, there's the same concept in place that nobody ever seems to challenge, and that is that governments have a right to declare something of of no value to be money, and you must accept it. That's really the problem, and、uh, it's still the problem today. It's destroying the economies of the world. With currencies no longer backed by anything real or tangible, their value was measured only in relation to each other. And because countries with relatively weak currencies could make products cheaply, countries devalue their own currencies to make them desirable trading partners. Every paper currency measures itself against the dollar. So if the dollar goes down. The other central banks respond to that, and they try and intervene in the foreign exchange markets to ensure that the impact doesn't hit their domestic economies. What is a Ponzi scheme? A Ponzi scheme is a fraudulent investment scheme that promises high returns for investors with little or no risk. Sounds too good to be true, right? That's because it is. In a legitimate investment scheme. The money invested is used to build wealth, typically through low-risk ventures like stock or real estate portfolios. Over time, this generates enough income to pay the investor back their initial investment plus some profit. A Ponzi scheme, on the other hand, promises massive returns quickly. How does it accomplish this? Instead of using the money invested to build wealth, a Ponzi scheme simply brings in more investors to pay off the previous investors. And because these new investors have also been promised large returns, the scheme must then find an even bigger group of investors to pay them off. All the while, the creators of the scheme are skimming cash from each group of investors. Because a Ponzi scheme doesn't generate any wealth itself, it must constantly bring in larger and larger groups of investors to keep functioning. Eventually, no more new investors can be found, or large numbers of previous investors all cash out at the same time, and the scheme collapses in on itself. By this time, the perpetrators of the scheme have siphoned off tremendous amounts of money for themselves, while the investors are left out of pocket and out of luck. Without a fixed link to gold, the U.S. Treasury has been able to borrow and spend as much money as it wanted. When the U.S. government needs money, it takes out a loan with the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve prints the currency required for the loan, and in return receives an IOU from the U.S. Treasury. These IOUs are called government bonds. With the money provided from these loans or bonds. The U.S. government pays its bills and obligations. Meanwhile, the U.S. Treasury and the Federal Reserve work closely together to sell these bonds at auction, where foreign central banks, pension funds, and even individuals buy these U.S. government loans. And why wouldn't they? Loaning money to the U.S. government is virtually a risk-free investment. But if the loans are spent on bills and paying off previous loans, where does the government get the money to pay back the current loan and the interest that is charged on it? 
Is investing in a U.S. government bond simply one small part in a giant Ponzi scheme? The Federal Reserve System is definitely a Ponzi scheme. There's no question about it. They go through the appearance of lending money to the governments, and the governments agree to pay back the money plus interest. And、uh, so this money comes into being. They create it just for that purpose. They give it to the governments. It didn't exist before that. You understand? Central banks just make it out of nothing and click a few keys on a keyboard of a computer. And the treasury of the United States government now has another trillion dollars that it can spend. That's where that money came from. And so、um, that creates a liability on the part of the federal government to pay it back. Plus interest. Now think about that. Plus interest. Well, when it comes time to pay it back, plus the interest, they can't pay it back, and they certainly can't pay it back plus interest too. So what they do is they borrow more to cover the original loan plus the interest, and then by that time Congress wants more money anyway. So the, the debt just keeps going up and up and up and up. Under the current monetary system, we borrow all of our currency into existence, and we promise to pay it back plus interest. If you borrow the very first dollar into existence, and that's the only dollar that exists on the planet, that you promise to pay it back plus another dollar's worth of interest, where do you get the second dollar? The answer is you have to borrow that. It's a Ponzi scheme because you can never pay it off. It always requires that we go deeper into debt. Since 1971, the United States has been running trade deficits with the rest of the world. Meaning, we've been buying a lot more products from the rest of the world than they have been buying from us. The Japanese and Koreans sell us cars and electronics. The Middle East sells us oil, and the Chinese sell us seemingly everything on our Walmart shelves. The U.S. pays for these products with U.S. dollars, and everyone is happy. But if countries were to convert these U.S. dollar profits back into their own currencies, Their currencies would rise in value, making their economies less desirable to trade with. Instead, countries invest their dollar profits by buying U.S. government bonds. So countries around the world sell their goods to the U.S. in exchange for U.S. dollars, which have been borrowed through the Federal Reserve, creating IOUs. And countries then loan their U.S. dollar profits back to the U.S. by buying more IOUs. The money from these loans is spent on paying government expenses, as well as paying back previous IOUs. But in order to do this, larger and larger loans must be made in order to pay back the principal and the interest. By paying back old loans with new and larger loans, it would appear as if the entire world has been investing their hard-earned money into a Ponzi scheme of epic proportions. In This business of creating money for federal governments, national governments around the world—if they didn't keep creating new money in larger and larger amounts, the whole thing would crash. Because that's where the money comes from to pay off the previous loans. It's the new loans. So that's why it's a Ponzi scheme. It's a classic Ponzi scheme. In order for the U.S. economy to function, we have to borrow more and more money from the rest of the world. And the more money they loan us today, the more money they have to loan us in the future. And if they ever stop loaning, the whole thing collapses, and we can't pay them back. If you have twenty-five hundred dollars or more in savings, and I urge you to listen to this message, as it could be extreme. 
every Friday night, Julia's job is to compare the grocery prices of our neighborhood stores for Saturday morning shopping. There are five big neighborhood markets within a couple of blocks of our house. Julia spreads her shopping around, going where the prices are lowest and the quality best. Remember when a chocolate bar cost a quarter? When you could fill your car up for $5 and feed a family of six for $35 a week? Whatever happened to those days? Without anything tangible backing currencies, governments could borrow and print as much currency as it wanted. This has gradually led to the value of our currency being eroded. With the creation of all this money, that dilutes the value of all of the dollars that were out there before. So the power of the dollar uh, gets crowded down, down, down. And what we used to be able to buy a gallon of gas for you know, 31 cents, now it's hitting around $5. The average guy in the street is affected by inflation because of the loss of purchasing power. And as a consequence, his standard of living is declining if he can't keep up with the inflation rate. In many measures of a standard of living, Americans today are actually worse off. You can take my uh, grandparents. My grandmother never worked, despite the fact that my grandfather was a carpenter. And they had eight children. Uh, could a carpenter, somebody without even a high school diploma, just working in a blue-collar job, support a wife and eight kids today? Not a, not a chance. With inflation rising faster than incomes, people were forced into more and more drastic measures to maintain their standard of living. With each new day, the work of a family begins again. We went off gold backing of the dollar. What used to happen prior to that is the husband went to work, the wife stayed at home, raised the family. Because of inflation in the 70s, the wife went to work. So now you had two incomes that were necessary to produce and buy the same goods and services. In the 90s, we stopped saving. The savings rate basically got down to zero because people were spending. They couldn't save in order to buy the same goods and services. Then we got to the last decade. The wife was already working. The savings were down to zero. They borrowed money. And so we've gone from two earners getting rid of our savings rate to borrowing money to keep pace with inflation. The average person is now forced to borrow well beyond their means, getting themselves deeply into debt. At first, this was to maintain a nice standard of living. But slowly, it has become necessary just to survive. By printing so much currency and devaluing it so heavily, it would seem that governments are essentially levying a hidden tax on their people. Central banks try to say that 2% or 3% inflation is a good thing and they make that a target. Well, it's still a tax. Why is 2% inflation or 3% inflation better for the country than no, uh, than no inflation? You'll be told, of course, that it's better than deflation and you'll be told that uh, people like to feel that their money or their jobs or their wages are going up by 2%, at least it's something. Well, in fact, that 2% is robbery and, and, the, and the, the, what they get is going down by that amount. We are experiencing inflation these days. I mean, yeah, they say the CPI is up, whatever it is, 2 or 3%. I mean, anybody who's alive knows that inflation is well beyond that, probably running double digits. The purchasing power of the average person has been deteriorating drastically 
But in order to disguise this, governments have been skewing the figures in their reports to make it seem as if inflation is much lower than it really is. There is this curious distinction made, which most people don't understand, between core inflation and headline inflation. The core inflation is the basic 2% target, which doesn't matter. And the headline inflation is once you include all such of things like energy prices and, and sudden tax rises and the rest. Well, the inflation rate is skewed. Um, they use all kinds of contrivances to make the inflation rate look lower than what it really is. If the U.S. government were using the same CPI model that they did when President Carter was in the White House in the late 1970s, the inflation rate today in the United States would be 9 or 10 percent. That's how badly the currency is being debased. Now, the reason why they do that is there are a lot of inflation-adjusted responsibilities that the U.S. government has to pay out money to, you know, for example, people on the Social Security system on an inflation adjusted basis. If they keep the inflation rate low, according to their own statistic, that means they're paying out less. That means the government budget deficit is less. A thriving metropolis, Toledo is one of the world's greatest glass processing centers. In Akron, the state's fifth largest city, that story deals primarily with rubber. Akron is the rubber manufacturing capital of the nation and the world. Her very name is synonymous with rubber. In a global economy where currencies are measured only against each other, countries are able to artificially lower the value of their own currency, making their industries more competitive. A country with a weak currency can make products cheaper, causing entire industrial centers to move overseas. This effect has been seen countless times in cities around the world, some of which still haven't recovered from the loss of their industrial base. I think the guy on the street is, he's kind of frustrated. They go, gosh, I went to college. I don't have a job. I can't get a job. I spent all this money. I've got student loans. It's costing me more to live. The Fed is telling me there's no inflation. Yet I go to the store and I see the price of milk going up, eggs, meat. I pull into a gas station. It's costing me more for gas. They don't really understand how all this affects them on a personal level. And that's why I think they're frustrated because there isn't a, an educational system that explains that, look, when you print money, when you have nothing backing it, and when you debase it, you have all the side effects that you see. Higher inflation costs, corruption, cronyism, all the things that have been in headlines that we've seen over the last four or five years. The protest movements are an interesting phenomenon. A lot of people are terribly upset with Wall Street. They're upset what's happening to their purchasing power. They're upset with the news that they hear uh, of the fact that the executives of these giant banks are getting million dollar bonuses at the same time they're dipping into the pockets of the taxpayers to get all this bailout money. And so they're, they're angry. Unfortunately, people are demonstrating against the crisis, the economic crisis. And yet at the same time, they're demanding more welfare, demanding more medical benefits, they're demanding more state uh, control and regulation of their lives, they're demanding more money being created and pumped into the society. They don't realize that those are the very things that have brought them onto the street in the first place in their anger. A lot of people don't know this, but if you have the YouTube app on your phone, you could be using it to make... While the person on the street is struggling to get by, 
We're told that what we're experiencing is a typical recession. Why then does this current crisis feel different to previous economic recessions? This is far from typical. I think this is the end game. I think what we're experiencing now are the pains of the 40-year experiment in fiat currency uh, coming to a, an end, and it is an absolute failure, not only for America but for the entire world. Up until 2008, we've been borrowing more and more money to maintain our standard of living. Are we now at the point where we're maxed out and cannot take on any more new debt? What we're seeing today is deleveraging at all levels of society. I mean, consumers are maxed out. Each succession that we had in the economy, when we went through this boom and bust period, we'd go through a bust. They would reinflate again. The economy would start up again, but we kept piling on, piling on, piling on levels of debt. And finally, we reached the point where you just can't pile any more debt. Banks are no longer willing to give out credit so freely, and many people are more concerned with paying off existing debt as opposed to taking on new debt. While this is prudent, sensible behavior, it's also a serious threat to the global economy. Having set itself up as a giant Ponzi scheme, the global economy is reliant on more and larger debt being issued to keep itself functioning. If you try to just live within your means and uh, and get by with just the amount of dollars that we have today, paying the interest on them collapses the currency supply. And so we continually have to borrow more units of currency into existence every month than we extinguish by paying off debt. The system, as it's been presently structured, is that they have to continue expanding the money supply; otherwise, the system is going to die. Politicians and pundits talk about living within our means and paying down the debt. You can't do that without collapsing the entire economy. We, it would just vanish into this black hole. All the politicians are in a situation where if they don't come to the rescue, we could just have an overnight shutdown, which they can't ever imagine happening while they're in power. So there's always this wish to to move it on and, kick, as you know, the expression "kick the can down the road," which is really what we're doing. But the problem is we've run out of rope. You know, there there is no place to kick the can anymore. But we've got to deal with the can, and it's not simply a can because every time we kicked it down the road, unfortunately, it got bigger. So now it's an enormous can, and uh, you know it's going to crush us. While the financial crisis of 2008 may have been the first death throes of the Ponzi scheme, governments around the world weren't about to sit back and let it fail. So they delayed the inevitable collapse, pushing it down the road by bailing out struggling financial institutions, buying toxic mortgages, and taking on debt on behalf of its citizens. In 2009, 2010. What happened was the crisis was papered over、uh, through bailouts, guarantees, money printing, expansion of the money supply, etc. And governments can do that, and we don't underestimate the ability of governments to、uh, dictate results in the short run. But in the long run, none of the problems were solved. The bad debts are still there. The banks are still insolvent. The banks are not lending. The economy is not growing. So we haven't really solved anything. By buying their way out of these crises by creating money out of nothing and flooding it into the economy and diluting the purchasing power, 
they're not really solving the problem. What they're doing is pushing it off a little bit into the future and making it worse. Now, do we keep going down this road? Do we print more money? I mean, the Fed balance sheet went from 800 billion to three trillion. Should it now go to six trillion? We had a, a 800 billion dollar stimulus. Should we now have a, a two trillion dollar stimulus? I mean, in theory, you could. But this is where people could lose faith entirely in the currency. The currency could collapse. The Federal Reserve's money printing exercises may help prop up the economy in the short term, but what are the consequences of money printing on such a large scale? I think you're going to see a very rapid decline in the value of the dollar in a matter of days. Whether it's 20%, 30%, 40%, a Have been buying the dollar as a safe haven. You know, when they find out that there's no safety there, in fact, they need a safe haven from the dollar. I mean, right now the dollar is benefiting from the fear trade. But what if the fear trade is afraid of the dollar? Aside from causing an enormous amount of inflation, the Federal Reserve's reckless money printing exercises also run the very real risk of creating a worldwide loss of confidence in the U.S. dollar. I think a currency crisis is highly likely, but it'll be very difficult to know exactly what will cause it and when. I think it'll be something unforeseen. It could be a natural disaster. It could be a political shock.、Uh, it could be just a general loss of confidence. It could be something as simple as a treasury auction that goes bad. There's no buyers, and all of a sudden the interest rate starts to go up. Then the financial players, the big hedge funds, start to react to it, dumping dollars. Then all of a sudden, you have foreign central banks that begin dumping dollars. Get me out! And when that happens, just like that, at some point, just like all Ponzi schemes,、uh, the participants wake up to the con. They don't want to participate anymore, and the whole thing implodes. Now, you know, when private、uh, factors, when people who are voluntarily、uh, participating. Foreigners, foreign central banks.、Uh, when they stop buying, the one difference is the Federal Reserve can come and supply the demand、uh, for the people who are waking up to the Ponzi nature of what we're doing. But of course, when the Fed becomes the only buyer, that's the end game, or be the beginning of the hyperinflation. It's a framework for assessing risk. It's a complete fraud. It's much more of a Hyperinflation is a rapid increase in the inflation rate,、uh, so much so that you know people lose faith in the currency, and you see what is in effect a flight from the currency. Defeated Germany as a runaway inflation. In Germany, the mark becomes so worthless it is used to paper walls or to light stoves. What happens is the government spends so much money, forcing it to borrow. It gets to the stage where it's borrowing more money than the market is willing to lend to it. The central bank then steps in and turns that government debt into currency. The great question is, and I don't know the answer, is at what level of inflation—five percent, ten percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent—do you start to panic? All I know is, when that level comes, everybody panics together. Consequence of a hyperinflation is the price of goods and services rises very, very rapidly, and that feeds upon itself, causing people to get rid of the currency even more quickly. So you then have a situation where people go out and they buy things just to get the hell out of paper money. And paradoxically, that then starts driving an accelerating demand for paper money because they want more paper money to go and buy things. So you have the situation where the value of paper money starts collapsing in advance of this issue.
in everyday life, you'll be scrambling from day to day to get tangible things. If you're thinking of buying one can of tuna, you're going to buy two, because you know that tomorrow, or even later on that day, or the next hour, that can of tuna is going to be costing you more. That、uh, you're going to be scrambling to get anything that's tangible. This period is going to involve a lot of economic pain. A lot of people who are currently retired in America are going to have to get jobs.、Uh, their retirement is gone. It's it, it's been bankrupted because they put their faith in a Bernie Madoff type、uh, national Ponzi scheme. And of course, a lot of the property is going to、uh, decay. People are spending money on the necessities. They don't have money to make the repairs necessary. To maintain their properties, if the landlords can't collect rents from their tenants, how are they going to maintain the properties? How are they going to pay the taxes? So I think that the whole economy is going to crumble、uh, beneath the weight of this runaway inflation. And of course,、uh, the initial reaction by the Fed will be to create even more inflation, to try to stimulate the economy by printing even more money, which of course is the source of the problem. On the surface. It would appear that this is a problem facing the United States alone, but with so many countries.